two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas, ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com tutor to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com tutor. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Tudor Dixon Podcast in the Clay and Buck Podcast Network. Welcome to the Tudor Dixon Podcast. I'm Tudor Dixon, and I'm so glad you're joining me for this episode. My guest today is someone you may know. He's a guy who's well known for his humility. I was honored to once work with him and be in his presence. And I'm just thrilled that he agreed to take the time out of his busy schedule to join me today. Welcome, Jesse Kelly. He's the host (laughs) of a nationally syndicated radio show. It's also his name, of course, because what else would it be? The Jesse Kelly show. And, and then I, you have a television show too, which I love because it's just, I'm right because of that humility. Well, I'm, I'm honored on your behalf today, Tudor, that I get to come (laughs) be here with you. I know what an honor it is for you to sit down with your hero once again. And so it's, it's my pleasure to do that for you. Really? That's right. That's right. I mean, I do. I think Mm -hmm. I did call you my idol at one point, (laughs) which I don't regret at all. (laughs) Well, that's that's certainly <laughs> nothing that I would take and use to my advantage and lord that no. over your head. I'm not that kind of person, you know. <laughs> right. No, I know. No, very humble. Um, and so humble that I loved the, your little dedication in your new book. I'm excited because you have a new book out. It is, it's, it's going on sale next week. But I actually, I'm like really blessed to have gotten a copy early. It's the anti-communist manifesto, and at the end, you thank yourself. Yeah, well, I, I not only thanked myself at the end, at the very beginning, I dedicated it to myself, and then the reviews on the back, you know how they always have reviews yeah, from yes. other, other, other authors, wow, this is the best, I wrote all the reviews myself as well, so this is a book that really it's about me. No, no, it's a, look, they wanted me to write a book for a long time, I hate writing, uh, I don't consider myself a writer. I know people enjoy what I write, which I find weird because I really hate writing. But I really hate communism. 
And it's all over the place in America. So I thought I would write the book on the ties between communism and all the stuff you see today, all the climate change stuff and the LGBTQ stuff. It, it all ties directly back. It's all just communism in the end. So I wrote a book about it. There are some things in the book that I actually had not really deeply thought about. And I don't like admitting that you've deeply thought about something more than me, but, um, <laughs> but I did find this stuff interesting. So I wanted to bring it up because one of the things that you said in there is stop sending money to your alma mater. And that was something that I think, you know, we, we went to college at a time. Well, I went to college at a time when it, college was not like this. I don't remember having any of this stuff go on. I wasn't told to think a certain way. I just went to class and in my mind, because it was like that when I went there, it's probably still like that. And I know it's not. I know that, I mean, I have friends that are younger that have graduated from the University of Kentucky, and now they have much more liberal views than I had coming out of the university. So it's interesting because I really hadn't thought about it that way, but you're pretty serious about that. Well, that's this is part of the challenge we face, Tudor, for everybody. I'm, I'm going through this the same way everyone else is facing that we live in an entirely different place now than the one we have lived in before. Mm -hmm. Look, I, I brought up the alma mater stuff because we went through it at my house. My wife went to the University of Arizona. She was a gymnast there. And we were, I mean, not a bunch, but we were sending money. She, she always thought that was important to continue to support the university and support the athletic program and things like that. Because there's that real, you know, kinship there with your university. It's your alma mater. You still have the T-shirts. You cheer for the team on Saturday. It's a normal American thing to do. But we started noticing all the Black Lives Matter stuff coming out of University of Arizona. All this endless filth. And we eventually realized we're funding this. This is our mm -hmm. money they're using to fund all the things we're supposedly against. And that's one of the things that's hard to wake people up and realize how much of your money is being used to fund the things you hate. It's not just that there are things you hate everywhere. Your money is being used for it at your university with the products you buy, not, not to mention the things your own government is doing. And it's something we have to be a lot more diligent about, not funding the people who hate us. And I think it's something that we're torn. It, it, it tears us up because when you think about your university, I mean, even when I think about Michigan State, this happened recently. I had one of my friends say I was going to gift something to Michigan State, and I decided not to because of some of these woke ideologies that they're pushing at the university. But on the flip side of that, they're doing great agriculture research. They're doing a, a great job of bringing up new people to farm. And, and I think how do we not lose that and still lose the other? But I do agree with you that if you cut them off, eventually they have to say, okay, we're going to stop. We need, we need our support. We need that support from our graduates and the people that have been successful from, from the university. So I, I believe that that is the answer. It's just going to be interesting to see because, I mean, I've even been saying, don't send your kids to these universities. Send mm -hmm. your kids to values-based schools or put them into trades. I mean, there are other options and it feels like there's not because I think people think, well, you have to have a degree from one of these big universities. So people know that they know the name the minute you say it, but it, it really, you don't, you don't need that. Yeah. It, it, and it's an older way. And I'm not saying that insultingly, it's an older way of thinking <laughs> that we have to get rid sure. of. We do. Cause that's how I grew up too, Tudor. Same, 
Same way you did, you know, you got to go to college. Well, you got to go to college. You got to go to college to get a good job. Why do we still think like this? Why do we still think we have to send our children to communist training camps? I I dedicate a chapter, as you know, in in the Anti-Communist Manifesto to talking about universities. And when I lay out in there what they're teaching at these universities and the difference, the disparity between the communists on these campuses and normal people, it is staggering. It's like taking your child and throwing them in the gorilla enclosure in the zoo. And yet we, we have this old way of thinking that, well, that's what you got to do to get a good job. That's not true at all. That's not true at all. Well, and it's I, really dangerous to throw your kid into that environment. I would argue we have been, just in the past few years, I think a lot of parents have said, oh, I don't really like the K through 12 environment. We've had some really weird things happening in K through 12, which I would argue started when we were kids and we didn't really notice. It was a slow moving, this push to get some of this radical stuff into uh, communist stuff into K through 12. But when we spoke to a woman who had actually left communist China, she said, it's the young people that China went after, and they would turn their parents in over wrong thing. I mean, this was like their motive was to get it to the young people, not the old people. They're stuck in their ways. Get it to the young people. So why do we have parents who are so focused on K through 12? They're homeschooling. They're going through uh, the, the private school. They're spending money to send their kids to school, get them out of public schools, running for school board, and then they send them to a university that is going to be the place where they're actually going to change. Because I would argue that K through 12, your kids are still at home with you. You still have a major influence over their life. All of that changes the minute they go to university. It, it, oh, it does. And I'll tell you this, while we have to wake people up, I know you do this all the time. I do the best I can to do this all the time, wake people up. I do sympathize in that it, it's like we all woke up one day and the world is totally different. And, and just because everyone isn't caught up to that reality doesn't make them a bad person, just makes them a little bit naive. I mean, you have to you have to now look up movies before you take your child to the newest movie to make sure there, there's not going to be a couple lesbians making out right at the beginning. It, it, that's that's something that you have to do now. You can't leave the TV on if you're watching the game and leave the room because you'll come back and God only knows what your child will have seen during the commercial break. Where everything is political now, you can't, you can't do anything without having this stuff blasted into your face. That's a sea change. It was not like that. I'm only 41. I realize that's not young, but it was not like this when I was a child. You could you could turn on TV or you could turn on ABC on Friday night. And it was family television. It's family matters. It's full house. It's normal stuff. And the commercials would be cheesy Coca-Cola commercials and a Bud Light ad with actual chicks who are hot. But now those days are gone. No, I know. I think about the shows that were on and I I can't think of an equivalent to like a family ties or a growing pains. I can't think of what that would be. And it's just everything's changed because the family doesn't sit down to watch shows together anymore because everything's streaming and every kid is in their room alone. And it just happened quickly. And I think because it's so much different than our childhood, it's really our generation of parents are in a very unique position where you have to push to bring the family together. Whereas I think our families 
were a little bit, it was a little bit easier. Everybody went to the family room. If you're going to watch TV all together, there was no device you could stream in your room and there was no sneaking off. There was, you know, your parents could pick up the other phone and tell you to get off if they wanted you to get off. And we have to be really mindful of what kids are doing today. And I think that a lot of parents are still figuring that out. I mean, in certain cases, I'm still figuring that out. And we have conversations about it at our house all the time, but they don't know how I grew up and I didn't grow up the way they grew up. And so there's this weird disconnect with families, with parents and kids right now. And it's strange. It's a big learning curve. It is a learning curve. And, and look, I'm, I'm learning too. I'm sure I'm screwing my kids up. But yeah, we have to do the same thing. We have to make everybody put their devices down and make them talk. I mean, it's something that our parents didn't have to be purposeful about. But I have to teach my kids, at least I make a priority on teaching them how to have a conversation. Now you were you learned that when we were growing up because we were more social because people were just around other people more. But you need to sit down and you need to ask people about their day and ask them questions and things like that. These are like basics that parents aren't equipped to teach their children because parents weren't taught. We just learned it through life and now they're not learning this stuff through life. It's a very there's, different society. There's been a difference that I've seen in households of boys and households of girls. So you are an all boy household. I am an all girl household. So you probably don't have so much of this going on, but I've talked about this before on the podcast. So my girls are still, of course, chatty. So they want to be social all the time. They're on the... <laughs> somewhat like me. They're on the phone all the time, but the phone is different now because it's FaceTime and they're so other people are broadcast into my house and they'll just walk, they'll just walk by you. They don't care if you're in the bathroom. I'm like, do not broadcast me into other people's homes. I love that you want to talk to your friends and it's great that you can see them, but I don't need them to see me. Yeah. Uh, this is something that we've had to learn with our sons too. Uh, not as much with the phones. They don't like to FaceTime. Boys don't like to talk on the phones. They don't have as much to say as women. But the boys will play these video games. Now, we monitor how much we let them play, but they'll play video games now. Well, when I was a kid, if we played video games, you would get in the same room with your boys and, you know, beat your buddy up and, and play in Madden or something like that. It was a social thing. You and your buddies would get together and have some kind of tournament because it's raining out. Now they put on their headphones and they're, they're playing with their friends online in this online connected world. Well, I'll barge in and tell them, hey, you got to go uh, clean up dog poop. Well, I just told all their friends that too. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> exactly. I know. It's very, it's very awkward. We're learning. I think that that's one of the coolest parts about being able to communicate though this way is that because we're all learning together, we as parents can kind of come to this space and be a little vulnerable and be like, did you anticipate that happening? No, I had no idea that mm -hmm. was going to happen. So <laughs> it's a safe space to talk about that, which is good. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. 
If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to get back to your book because there's a lot in this book that is very important for people to understand. And something that we've been fighting here in Michigan is the support for Chinese companies. And you talk about it from this perspective of universities and companies, because I I think that's something people don't really understand is that some of our universities have ties with China too, which is incredibly dangerous. Deep ties with China. And in fact, we have these Confucius Institutes at universities around the nation, which are open. It's wide out in the open Chinese propaganda that they're there to condition American students to be pro-China. It's that's what they're there for—to be pro-communist China. It's it's really really ugly, and the funding that goes back and forth between the Chinese and Chinese companies and America, American universities. It's really, really dark. China is, this is something disheartening that I learned years ago. I was talking to one of these uh, Intel guys. You know what we're known as in China with the Chinese Communist Party? Americans are known as being cheap, easy to bribe. I'm not talking about you you or people watching. I'm talking about our elected officials, our Mm -hmm. university professors, our, our CEOs, you see this all over the place with sports like the NBA, how they cater to China. It just doesn't take much to buy off, to bribe an American to screw over his own country on behalf of China. I thought that was really sad and disheartening, but something to keep in mind every time you look at these 
these companies and corporations, these these universities, every time they seem to sell us down the river, it's because there's no patriotism inside of them at all. So, of course, you take some Chinese money. Why wouldn't you? If you don't love America, of course you would. And there's a lot of that going on. But China has had a huge influence in our country with that. So think about the difference. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we take TikTok, for example, if you look at the difference between TikTok and China, where it is all learn, you know, learn your skill, learn it well and respect your country. Be thankful you're here. It, this is, you know, you are very lucky to be a, a Chinese person in the United States. They are, they are just filling kids' brains with the United States is bad. You should be ashamed of yourself. You should change your gender. You shouldn't, you shouldn't try to learn anything. You should do, you should all become influencers. I mean, it really is China has created this and they are taking advantage of it and we have not been fighting back. It's brilliant, honestly, what they did to her. And that's sad. I hate to give my enemy credit, but it is brilliant. They have a very Chinese, a very Eastern way of viewing warfare. And this is part of the problem. China is very open about their plans to usurp the United States of America. They have a date, 2050. They, they have a date and time. They want to knock us off of number one in the world. China is at war with us, and we don't act like we're at war with them. And part of that Eastern way to view warfare is information warfare, conditioning a society. And on top of everything else you mentioned that they push into our young people's minds on TikTok, which is truly a poisonous app, they tell young people to be fat. It's, it's all over the place. You have these hugely obese people telling everyone how healthy it is and how happy I am. That's part of what they do. Shoot, China even produces the fentanyl, the drug cartels traffic into the country that's killing 100,000 Americans a year. The people talk about, you know, jokingly, China is going to invade. China, what if China invades? China is never going to invade and doesn't have to. They're breaking this country apart from the inside. Why would you risk a single soldier when TikTok and McDonald's are doing it for you? But eventually they will have the opportunity to just take over. They're buying up farms. They're buying up land. They're putting companies in. I mean, in Michigan, we have this company coming in too. Actually, we have cattle that is supposedly connected to Ford, which Governor Youngkin said, absolutely no way. I don't want this in Virginia. It should not be in the United States. Jobs should not be better looking than national security. And yet Gretchen Whitmer said, come on in, bring them to Michigan. We have another one that is coming to Michigan in the center of the state, not near any manufacturing whatsoever, supposedly making electric vehicle batteries. These are two companies with strong ties to the Chinese Communist Party. We don't know. I mean, you talked about politicians being able to be bought. We know that obviously Joe Biden is getting money from all different adversaries and has has been for years and obviously has very nice homes and his children are very well supported. I mean, this could potentially be the situation in Michigan as well. What, what do you do when you have a politician who is inviting these, even when the community is just outraged, the community is just beside themselves out there and they're protesting this, but we're giving them one of the corporations about $2 billion, the other one will get $715 million of our taxpayer dollars to come and take our land. Well, of course, that's, that's what happens. I, I talk about this a lot, that all of our leaders now, all of our cultural leaders, and this certainly applies to some hag like Gretchen Whitmer, even though she's kind of hot, this applies <laughs> to them that they all share the same three characteristics, and they do. And this is not just our politicians, this is our business leaders, our cultural leaders, our entertainers, the, the cultural leaders in this country now, they all share the same three characteristics. One, there's no love of country. 
Many of them hate the country, but most of them are honestly just indifferent about it. So when the people, you know, watching this, when they put their hand over their heart, they sing the national anthem and you get a little misty as you look at the flag, that those feelings don't stir inside of the people mm. who lead this country. So that kills it. You're never mindful of America. They have no connection to how normal people live. They've never worked an hourly job. They've never needed time and a half to make the bills move. They've never, they've never, they, so they don't know how normal people live. And three, they view themselves as kings and queens, not servants, not governors, not presidents, not CEOs, not uh, singers. They believe they are kings and queens and they're meant to rule over us. And they have such disdain for every part of us, our freedoms, our freedom of speech and freedom of guns and freedom, whatever you drive. It just that they have such disdain for that. The kings and queens wish that they could decide all these things for us. It's it's a it's a bad place to be as a country, for sure. Well, they want to control. They want to control through debanking. They want to control what businesses do. They also want to control what citizens do. And you talk a lot about common sense gun law and that there is no such thing as common sense gun law. This is something, again, in Michigan, we're passing gun laws that are supposed to stop all these terrible things from happening. None of them would have stopped anything that we've seen in Michigan. I mean, we saw the shooting at the high school in Oxford. These laws that they're passing would have nothing to do. They would have done nothing in that case. The same with the Michigan State shooting. We are ignoring the fact that Lansing is the 17th most violent city in the entire country. <laughs> this man wandered onto campus, but these types of shootings are happening a few blocks away all the time because you're in the 17th most violent city because we have prosecutors that don't want to put people in jail for crimes. There should be no consequences for the bad things that you're doing. But then they're suddenly going to put gun laws in that they will hold up those gun laws when it comes to the person who will never do anything. But the people who actually should be prosecuted for crimes, they won't take them to jail. What the heck? Well, this is another thing we have a hard time accepting on the right because we have a value system. Well, you have a value system, as you know, Tudor, I do not. But most people watching this have a value system. And it, because we have values, we project those values onto other people. We think that they, we share the same mm. basic values as human beings, but we have no shared values with the communists at all. And this is why the right loses on the issues of guns, on issues like guns and many other issues all the time, because they project their values onto them. In the, way, in the wake of a horrible shooting, any kind of school shooting, something like that, you your heart's broken, right? Even me, I don't even have a heart. And I'm thinking about the kids and the parents and the moms and the brothers and the sisters and how sad this is. And oh man, they must've been so scared. And immediately your heart is broken. You think the communist shares that value with you, but what people do not understand is the American left, the American communists, it's not just that they don't care, they're happy. They want these things to occur. That when these things occur, because they're anti-humans, they don't care about other people. They understand these things are just an opportunity to gain more money, to gain more power, to strip their political opponents of weapons so that they will one day be able to hurt you the way they desire to hurt you. I need to remind people of something when it comes to common sense gun laws. You know these people do want to hurt you, right? They really do. They want the freedom to hurt you. Do you remember the poll that came out? Where they, where they surveyed Democrats during COVID and the things Democrats were saying, these are just normal Democrats were saying should be done to people who weren't vaccinated or didn't vaccinate mm -hmm, their children. Right. Overwhelming majorities to imprison people, send them to quarantine camps, take your child away from you, 
but we don't think like that. We want to think, ah, it's just a friendly neighborhood Democrat. No, that's a communist who would hurt you without a moment of hesitation if he could. So your common sense gun but laws, you can you wad them up and shove them. people over? I mean, that's the thing I don't get because how has there been so much power? And I do believe that Republicans have done this wrong for the past several elections. And I, I think we had an anomaly in 2016 and everybody thought we could win elections through, you know, big concerts and, and showmanship. But that's not true. They are getting to the people who typically do not watch the news. They don't see, well, there could be side effects from this vaccine. They're not actually hearing that because it's been shut down. There's control over social media. And then the Democrats get this message out on the ground. They go to these people and they say, this person is threatening your life and your child's life by being irresponsible. And it's meaningful to them. How do you combat that? We need to do the same. That's why I call them communists. And that's why I say we need more guns, not fewer. And this is why. You're right about what they do, Tudor. Mindset is important. Your mindset leads to performance in all things, whatever you do, your family, your your, your work, whatever you do. If I, if I come into work and I have a mindset that I'm going to work for 10 minutes today and I'm just going to kind of loaf for 10 minutes and then I'm going to go home and then I show up at work and I've got three hours worth of work to do, I'm not going to perform well because my mindset was in a bad place. Now, Democrats, when they talk to their voters, when they go speak to people, what do they say about everyone on the right? Every single Democrat, this applies to professors, uh, entertainers, politicians, all of them, every entity on, on the left. What do they say? Look at that Nazi white supremacist who wants to kill you. Look at the Nazi white supremacist who wants to end democracy. Look at the Nazi white supremacist terrorist. What's that doing? That's putting their people in the right mindset. Their people have developed the mindset that they're in a flesh and blood war for the future of this country against Nazis. And what does the right say? Every time our mealy mouth, low T GOP, what do we, well, we just kind of have a difference of opinion, but I think we can come together. I, 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 we should come together with the, let's compromise with these guys. We put our people in this mindset that we're just in a game of cribbage with the friendly neighborhood Democrat and their people are prepping for battle. That's why they win cultural wars and we do not. We don't speak boldly. So you say embrace cancel culture. That's something that they've put out there. You say get rid of political correctness, just full on go after this. And and we've seen cancel culture in our way, I guess I would say, with Bud Light, with what we're seeing with Target right now. And I had somebody over the weekend say to me, women are never going to stop shopping at Target. And I would say I would I would say that men have been much better at this based on Bud Light because I mean Bud Light has truly tanked. Um but when do when do women start standing up because obviously it's easy to go shop at Target it's easy to ignore men in women's sports it's easy to just sit back and go I don't want to get involved but if women don't get involved where are we well, they have to get involved. I, I, I think they're starting to get involved, Tudor. This is going to be, honestly, the issue. This will be a source of frustration for you, me, everyone watching us right now. You're the hyper-informed. You understand what the cultural war issues. You understand what's going on. You're that 1% tip of the spear cultural warrior. The rest of society is always going to lag way behind you, and it's going to be very frustrating to constantly look back and try to drag them along and catch them up. Oh, women will come around. They're coming around. Men are starting to come around. It's not like men have been great at this either. Are they going to do it enough in time? Probably not. I mean, the truth is, if women, you hear all, the all this talk about women's sports, 
if women genuinely want to protect women's sports, we will start seeing mass boycotts. Everyone was complaining when that dude was helicoptering across the pool for Penn this year. Not one single boycott, not one event where the women wouldn't go into the pool. And you can say, well, they were scared. They were scared of cancel culture. And I understand all that. I, I get that. But okay, then don't complain about women's sports. That's all, that's all there is to it. Unless you stop them, they're not going to stop. So you can be scared or you can fight back. You can't do both. These people ha on the other side, the propaganda is strong. They certainly have everywhere you look, there is something saying you have to be careful. You have to treat these folks with kid gloves. They should be able to be doing the same things you are. There is no reality in the fact that, of course, men are going to beat women. Of course, there is a reason we have men and women's sports as it is. And you're never going to tell me, well, this guy identifies as a girl, so he's going to swim like a girl. He, he identifies as a girl, so he's going to run like a girl. He's going to bike like a girl. That's It's just not true. And I think that we do as women, our nature is not combative in general. Huh. And our nature, I mean, unless you're talking you know, women on women, you know, women can be very nasty to women, <laughs> but we don't want to be out there competing with men like this. No. It's not comfortable. It's an uncomfortable position. And I think that in your book, you're making it pretty clear that we're going to have to be uncomfortable for a yeah. while. We do. We do. And and I really do feel bad about that. I, and I look at my kids, Tudor, and I feel bad about that. And I've, I've talked to them about it. They're great about this. But they understand that they're going to grow up in a country where everything is going to be a battle. Everything is going to be political. That's the way it is. They already see it all around them now. And for kids and adults, that sucks. Every freaking thing has to be a struggle. I really, I can't just go shop at Target. I can't, I can't drink the Bud Light. I can't, I, I can't do these things. Why can't I just be left alone? Well, you can't be left alone. You're dealing with communists who are trying to burn it all to the ground. That's the bottom line. These people are, religious. They are religious zealots trying to burn it all down. The option to just be left alone is not there. They're not going to let you do that at all. That simply won't happen. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think the target situation has been so shocking because here the CEO comes out and says, we think this is great. This is for families. In fact, we've been supporting Glisten for more than 10 years, and we've put more than $2 million into this organization. This organization that was a partnership with the Obama administration that changed the Title IX rules that put boys in your daughter's locker room, that was promoting boys in girls' sports, that is now pushing books like Gender Queer into the classroom. And this is when we spend money at Target, they're spending money on this. For a lot of moms, we're going, oh, that stinks. I can't really go there anymore. Yeah, I, I actually think that the trans stuff for kids I think that this may, maybe I'm just wishful thinking here, I think it may be creating a cultural shift for the first time really in my lifetime back towards the right. The communist is very good at many, many things because he's a religious zealot and he has no moral foundation. So you can accomplish a lot when you do that, but he's never been very good at controlling himself. For instance, most people never really cared about the gay stuff very much, mainly because it was, you were doing what you do. You just do what you do and people didn't care that much. And they really didn't actually care about the trans stuff that much. It was weird and okay, he's kind of a weird freak and I don't want to be around him, I'm not gonna stress about it. They didn't care about that. But the communist couldn't control himself and he had to go after the kids. Because as you pointed out in the beginning, the communist has always known, whether it's the Soviet Union or America today, the children are where it's at. That's where you recruit mm -hmm. the next generation of foot soldiers. The communist couldn't help himself. He couldn't help himself. He looked at all these kids. We have all these piece of trash, white liberal woman teachers who are the most evil, vile scum on the planet. And they view your children as belonging to them. And they just couldn't stop themselves. They had to tell your kindergartner to chop his penis off. And that was that's one of those things that's waking up normal Americans. When dad wakes up one day and walks into Target and sees they're pushing chest binders on his 13-year-old daughter, well, normal dad is going to wake up. That's that's. Right. It's, I think this trans movement in a weird way might save America. But I think that the thing we have to remember here is that when we talk about the gay community, that was always an adult community. And you're right. We always said, you know, what? okay, that's what you want to do with your life. This is America. And even the trans community had always been an adult community. The thing that I think that we have not been great at communicating is hands off my kids. 
hands off all kids because this idea of chopping body parts off, it, it, I mean, I think we weren't ready for that either because no. we couldn't imagine that moving so quickly. Well, we've forever, the biggest mistake the right has made, we talked about mindset earlier. The right has always thought Democrats were bad when Democrats in this country, the I'm not talking JFK now, are actually evil. You're dealing with demonic forces, and people don't want to talk like that. But if you consider somebody bad, if someone's bad, well, bad may wake up one day and decide that's enough, right? Okay, so we got the LG and the B and the Ts, and they, you know what, guys, that's probably far enough. I've, I've had enough. But evil never wakes up one day. Demons never wake up and say, I think we've gone too far. Hey, I think we should hold up. I think we should stop here. Evil just keeps going down and down and down without end. The trans kid thing? This isn't even the end. People are so freaked out by it, and they think, wow, we've lost our mind. But then you explain to people, oh, no, 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 no. It gets worse from here. It will be, it will be open pedophilia. It'll be yeah, bestiality. It, yeah, it, it's, there's, they're going to keep adding letters. This, this demon, this demonic force doesn't stop until good stops it. But again, we, well, what we does got this that mindset. mean to the gay community? Because I would think that the gay community would be one of the communities that would say, this is not who we are. Well, it's, they're going to have to choose a side. It's the bottom line. They're going to have to choose on the right or the left. And many will remain silent in that fight. And they're going to end up getting gobbled up by a bunch of anti-gay laws that are going to come along with all of this. Because right now what's happened is the LGBTQ community, they're just another finger on the communist fist. Remember, it's all just communism. They're all working together. This is all about power and destruction. But the LGBTQ community specifically they're there now to break up the American family because communists can ha cannot have strong family units. And they're there to attack the main opponent of Democrats, the church, the American church. That's why the FBI will use all this hate laws and things like that to infiltrate, already infiltrating churches across the United States of America. That's the reason the FBI is going to send a uh, SWAT team to your church's door and arrest your pastor one day. And when you say that to people, they think you're being over the top or that's too far. I would argue you've never read a history book in your life if you think that's over the top or too far or can't happen. That's where we're going. Well, that, this is how we got to this point. And I think that's what people need to understand, that, that most of what is happening with these young people who are young people went through a very dark time with COVID. It was the perfect time to prey on them with, you don't know your identity. Let's change your identity. And that was done through these apps that are coming from China. These are coming from the communists themselves going into your child's bedroom, sitting next to them while you're not there, when you are not watching the family TV, like we talked about in the beginning of this podcast, that is who's cozying up next to your daughter or your son and saying, I know what you like. Mm -hmm. Just listen to me. This will be good for you. You'll oh, enjoy it. That's how they operate. They're, they always feel, again, this is, we project our values onto others. If I see a, a parent, a, a set of parents out with their child, and the child's acting up or doing something I don't like, I may dislike it, but I would never in a million years say anything. It's not my child. It's not my problem. It's not my business. But the communist doesn't think like that at all. The communist sees your child and thinks, I need that child. I've got to break that child away from his parents. That child belongs to me now. We're not dealing with people who share our values. And until people understand that, we'll never win. I just think you have to think of that image of your kid alone in their room. And it terrifies me because I have a teenager who likes to sneak away and go up and, and be, by, be away from the sisters, be away from us. And you just have to think about that image of someone sitting, cozying up next to her. They may be on the phone, but imagine somebody sitting next to your child and saying, 
I know what's good for you. I know how to take care of you. Your parent, just like any groomer, just like any groomer says, your parents don't get it, but I get it. I'll give this to you. I'll give you something that you could never have. It's a dark place. It, we need we need more Jesse Kellys out there fighting for us. It, I I really do. I love what you do because you are definitely not politically correct. You just say what you feel, and and really you say what so many people are unwilling to say. So I thank you for that. I thank you for coming on today, and I want you to tell people the Anti Communist Manifesto. Where can they get it when it comes out? You can go to jessekellybook.com and get the Anti Communist Manifesto. All the information is there to. Get it ordered today. The information on the book tour is there. If you want a signed copy, there's a link for a signed copy there. It's all at jessekellybook.com. You were the best tutor. I appreciate you. Well, and I want I want the people listening to know, I mean, it is a fun read. As mm. It's very serious. I think that's the, the best way to put it. It's very serious, but it's light because it's fun to get through. And you're learning so much. And I really am impressed with what you were able to put together here because you are putting so many topics into one book and we and you can learn so much without feeling bogged down. It's easy to read. It's it is like I said, it's fun to get through, but it's very serious. So I recommend it to anybody who's out there listening. Get the book, read it, share it with your friends, and make sure you keep fighting. So thank you for being on with us today, Jesse. Thank you, Tudor. Be good. And thank you all for joining me on the Tudor Dixon Podcast. As always, for this episode and others, go to TudorDixonPodcast.com. You can subscribe right there or go to the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and join us the next time on the Tudor Dixon Podcast. Have an awesome day. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to fourpatriots.com/tutor to get your solar generator. Generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to fourpatriots.com slash tutor. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.